Hey, everybody. How are you? It's me, Shane Clifford, and it's time for another week of entertainment news, celebrity gossip, and geopolitical global analysis. That's right. It is Shane's brilliant podcast. Welcome to the show. My Shaniacs, my fans, my legion, my diehards. You've been with me through it all. The highs, the lows, the court cases, the allegations, and hopefully you will be around to pay for my funeral when that occurs. But until then, it is good to be here talking to you from Partybello, Dublin City Centre. And before I go on, I have to just advise you that... Ooh, it burped. I have to advise you that I... Ooh, I can smell chicken Kiev. I have to advise you that I have got a bit of a chesty cough. A chesty fucking cunt of a cough. And you will, at some point, maybe multiple times, hear me um, expel phlegm from my lungs. So keep that in mind. Stay tuned for that. All right. And it's not COVID, by the way. I don't have COVID. I've been sticking uh, antigen tests into every orifice of my body. I know you're not supposed to do that. I know you're supposed to just stick it into your nose holes or your nostrils, as they say in France. But I've been sticking them up every fucking hole. I've been sticking them down my penis everywhere and not found a drop, a hint, a smidge of COVID in my system. It's just a fucking chesty cough. I'll tell you what happened. I had a terrible, horrific um, gig set show um, on Friday night last. And uh, uh, afterwards, I says to myself, you know what I'll do? I'll drink. Now, I told you on this very podcast, I don't know, maybe a month ago, maybe less, that I was off the drink, off the gat, off the hooched booze. Until October, at the very least. And then I, I said to you, I promised to you, my promise was that if I did, in fact, drink between now and October, I would publicly castrate myself. I would remove my testicles with some sort of serrated blade. That's what I said. And I meant it at the time. And I'm not, not a man to go back on his, wor- on his words. So that's why this Saturday, outside the GPO... <laughs> On the steps of the GPO, Dublin City Centre, the General Post Office, I will stand on the very steps that Podrick Pierce himself declared the independence of this great nation. And I will... <laughs> Another epochal moment in Irish history, I will uh, violently castrate myself on the steps of the GPO this Saturday, 3pm. And I hope you'll be there to support me, because I don't ever Welsh on a bet. All right. I don't ever welch on a bet or on a, a declaration. I am going to violently and probably I will bleed out on the floor of the steps of the GPO on Saturday. Don't you don't need to help. I'll be fine. Just let me lie there and bleed, bleed away. OK, so looking forward to seeing you all there. Come down and uh, show some support. But what happened was feeling sorry for myself, feeling a bit low. I knew friends had gone to see uh, um, a Jinx Lennon gig over in the Thomas House. So I says, I'll go over there, draw my sorrows, drink a few pints. So that's what I did. And then people were like, hey, Shane, do you want to come to this place called Fibbers? All right, this is like two in the morning when they're closing the Thomas House. I goes, ah, no, boys, I have to go home. You know, I'm already after six pints. I'm not supposed to be drinking. I better go home. It's two in the morning. I'm 42 years old. I can't handle this. They says, ah, come on. I said, all right, you twisted my arm. 
It doesn't take a lot to twist my arm. You don't even have to physically twist my arm. Metaphorically twist me. You don't even have to metaphorically twist my arm. You just have to ask me twice. <laughs> all you have to do is say, shame will you go? No, shame will you go? Yeah, all right. So so then I ended up, they were like, you love this place called Fibbers. You love it, man. It seems to be right up your alley. It's a late bar. They don't stop serving till four in the morning. You love it, man. It's very alternative like yourself. I'm like, hey, what's that supposed to mean? But they bundled me into the taxi Got up to this place, Fibbers, and I'll tell you, I, I didn't enjoy it at all. And I said, you know why they call it Fibbers? This is what I says to myself. Because they're fucking Fibbers. They're liars. All right? Liar. They're telling fibs. They said, Shane, you'll enjoy it. That was a fucking fib. Liars. Full of liars. I was All I did was stand around while loads of people with eye makeup on and... Uh, piercings in their parts of their body you're not supposed to have pierced or drinking you know beamish and stuff and doing uh, marijuana you know the smell of marijuana when you <laughs> when you walked in the door it was like uh bob marty's fucking sauna you know what i mean it was outrageous so anyway i walked home from there down to portobello took me about four hours last time Walked home, didn't, uh, woke up covered in fucking curry, didn't even buy curry chips. Do you know what I mean? That's how fucking drunk I was. I had about eight or nine pints. Now, usually before I was able to drink eight pints with the best of the fucking boys, but I'm 46 years old now. I can't drink pints no more. <clears throat> so I woke up the next day feeling fucking sorry for myself, hung over. I was so hung over, I was back up and hung over one more time. You know, like a toilet roll. And I left the window open that night. All right. And I slept by the window. Freezing. Fucking freezing. Slept by the window. All night. Until about two o'clock the next day. And ever since then, I've had this chesty cough. So that's the story. The thrilling story of how I got this cough. I'm sure uh, this will win. This will win. Uh, best podcast story how Shane got his chesty cough he slept by an open window in April he got caught by the Scaravine I told you about the Scaravine a couple of about two years ago and the Scaravine is a thing that we have down in Kerry that we've been warned about since we were children your nan would go Shane put on your hat it's, it's Scaravine you go what the fuck are you talking about nan go away you old bitch she go no put on your hat and coat Because you look out the window and it's sunny. There's not a cloud in the sky. You're like, Jesus, it's summer. Cans, tops off. But the Scaravine, there's a cold breeze there. And you don't know it. And you end up getting a cold. And now, I used to always be mindful of it. But now since I've been up in Dublin for three years or whatever, I've become a fucking dub. I've become assimilated into this population, this ignorant population that don't know anything about Scaravine. They don't know anything. And so I've become one of them. I'm walking around with a fucking t-shirt on in April. I think I'm fucking Oscar Wilde or something. One of those fancy Dublin lads. Luke Kelly. Phil Linnett. I think I'm one of them. Instead of John B. Keane and Peg down there with duffel coats on in July. That's my people. I've forgotten who I was. And now I've ended up with a chest infection. My nan is up in heaven. She's fucking spitting. 
So don't be like me, lads. Be careful of the scarvine, all right? And I won't, and this is my promise, I won't fucking touch another drop of alcohol until fucking October or I'll cut off my hands, all right? And I'm starting again because I can't have another hangover like I did. And all I had was eight pints. Eight pints, like, to me, eight pints in my head is nothing. But it's like that baseball player who used to throw the ball, right? And he said, when you get older, you throw it just as fast and just as hard. No, this is what he said. He goes, you throw it just as hard, the ball, but it just doesn't go as fast. And that's what I'm like with drinking. I can I can drink just as fast. <laughs> I can go just as hard, but I'm fucking wrecked. It was one of the most depressing hangovers of my life because I knew it was only eight pints. If it was, if I was vomiting and throwing up because I had shots and fucking, you know, black Russians, then that would, I'd be like, all right, that's fine. Bad hangover. I deserve it. But eight pints, man. It was a depress. It was a hangover that signified that my, uh, my body is on the way out, that I'm over. I'm obsolete. It was just, I woke up cold and I was still wearing my clothes. I mean that. Imagine waking up in your late 30s still wearing your clothes sleeping by an open window your mouth your mouth fucking tasting like a Welshman's carpet you know what I mean you can smell your own fear through those hangovers where you can actually smell the fear before you've got the fear you're like a narcissistic dog you can smell your own fear and then there's a headache that's not there yet but it's like the shadow of a a headache is like the headache isn't there yet, but you've checked your appointment book and it's penciled in. You know what I mean? You know, one of those hangovers. Fucking hell. After eight, that, eight pints, I was gutted with myself. I'm like, that's it. I'm retiring. You know, like how boxers, sometimes they go on too long. Like Muhammad Ali should have given up after the rumble in the jungle or whatever. That's like, that's me. I'm fucking Muhammad Ali now. It's the the rumble in the jungle. It's a it's a couple of fights after the rumble in the jungle. It's Joe Frazier tree, and I'm coming to the end. I can keep going, keep drinking, and I'll do all right for another couple of years. But eventually, man, ten years time, you know what I mean. I'll be fucked. So I'm getting out now. This is it. I will not drink, and this is a promise. I, you know me. I don't break promises. I will not drink another drop of alcohol between now and October thirty first, Halloween. And if I do, um, what will I do? <laughs> my balls are already gone. I'll cut off my fucking hands. All right. I'll cut off my hands. Anyway, welcome to the show. Very, <laughs> very cheery opening 10 minute monologue there about my own decrepitness. But welcome to the show. Hope you had a great time this uh, Easter bank holiday. And welcome aboard the Shane train destination this week. Aberdeen. That's right. Aberdeen, Scotland. The great nation of Scotland. You know what I always think about <clears throat> when I think about um, Aberdeen? I mean, when I think about Scotland. Haggis. Because when we were children, Haggis was the... Whenever you saw a, a, a Scottish fella on television, it weren't long afterwards, somebody else on the television would, would, would make a joke about Haggis. You know what I mean? Every time someone from Scotland was on TV... One of the other presenters or the other characters would go haggis and everyone would laugh. It's sort of like us with potatoes. You know, when we used to be on TV and people would go, oh, potatoes, Irish people love potatoes. And I didn't, I thought that was just something that happened on television. 
But one time me and Kira were in fucking Cambodia in 2013. All right. This isn't that long ago. Nine years ago. And we were in Cambodia. We were in this place, Kampot, on a boat with these two Australian girls who were in their late 20s. So they should fucking know better, by the way. <coughs> and they fucking goes to me. Yo, mate. This is my Australian accent, by the way. It's, it's superb. Yo, mate. Where are you bloody from? And I said, oh, I'm from uh, Ireland. And they went, get G'day, mate. Ireland? Do you eat, eat potatoes for breakfast? All right. And first I thought they were taking the piss. I thought, well, <laughs> do we eat pota- potatoes for breakfast? Do you, yeah, do you, you eat potatoes? You eat a lot of potatoes, don't you? You, you, you bloody Irishman. And I was like, no, no. He goes, are you telling me you don't? We always taught you ate, you ate potatoes all day long. And I was like, we don't fucking. I was like, this morning I had cornflakes for breakfast. I had a chicken stuffing sandwich for lunch. Now, for dinner, I did have potatoes. Just just potatoes. Raw potatoes in the skin, not cooked, straight out of the ground. Didn't even put them on a plate. That's fair enough. But the other potatoes for breakfast. And I should have gone, hey, here, what did you have for breakfast? Shrimp and the barbie, was it? And that would have fucking put them in their place. But I didn't think of that comeback until about six years later. But in Scotland, it was haggis. And I used to always go, oh, haggis sounds disgusting. Because I always thought it was the stomach of a, or no, it was the tits and the liver and the the balls of a lamb pushed into its stomach or something like that. So I was like, that sounds fucking horrible. And then I was in Edinburgh in 2018 in a wildly successful uh, Edinburgh Festival comedy run. Wowed the critics, wow, wowed the fans. Absolutely. I mean, I was the talk of the town. I was pulling in four, five uh, people people a night. It was, wow, wildly successful. And after one gig, I was feeling so sad about how good I was. I went to a place to get something to eat, a place that does fries morning, noon and night, okay, in Edinburgh. Big fuck off fries. And one of the things you could get in the fries was haggis. So I goes, it's now or never, you know. I'm on a destructive, uh, <laughs> I feel, I want to hurt myself. I think I had a gig that went so bad, I was like, I want to hurt myself. And I do that sometimes. I remember one time I went on a, I had a gig in Dublin in the early days of my quote unquote career, right? I got a green bus from Chirley all the way up to Dublin fucking six hours and I says to myself you know what we don't have in Chirley a KFC we don't have any Kentucky fried chicken so you know what I'm gonna do after my gig I'm gonna treat myself to a beautiful bucket of fucking KFC 24 pieces of chicken or whatever something that'll hurt me something that will cause me to take seven minutes off my life and I did the gig and it went fucking horrific. I remember it. It went really bad. I mean, so fucking bad that I still have nightmares about it. And afterwards, I was like, you know what? I don't fucking deserve KFC. So I went to Supermax next door instead. I was like, 
I don't deserve KFC. I'm, I'm getting myself a soup. I'm going to really hurt myself now. So I got myself a snack box from Supermax instead. So I do that. And one time in Scotland, had a bad gig, said I'd get some haggis. And you know what it is? It's basically fucking black pudding. That's all it is. <coughs> Did you know that? It tastes exactly this. Or there's a white pudding. One of them. Can't remember. It's exactly the same. In America. Do you know what they call black pudding in America? Blood sausage. Change the fucking name, you idiots. Hey, why don't we call that sausage made of blood? Uh, why don't we just call it blood sausage? Because we can't come up with a name that's uh, any better than that. Use your imagination, lads. Call it haggis, black pudding. You know what I mean? I'm not eating blood sausage. If you put blood sausage on my plate, I'm not putting that in my body. Even if it's the same fucking thing as black pudding. Oh, but Shane, a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. Oh, would it? Give me a fucking dozen blood sausages. You know where you're fucking, I'll stick them. I don't know where I'd stick them. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I, I, I suppose up your hole is what I'm saying. I'll shove my blood sausage up your hole. I'm just looking over here. I'm getting distracted by my beautiful fiance's perfume over here. It's a bottle of Britney Spears Hidden Fantasy. That's what she got as a present from somebody. Hidden Fantasy. It's from her, um, her co-worker, Dave, bought her a bottle of... Um, Hidden fantasy. Um, that that's where she is right now. She's been out with him, um, all day. They just went shopping together, and uh, they're going to stay in a nice hotel tonight down in um, Dundalk. Um, and but he buys her perfume, flowers. You know that kind. Of, he's a really nice fella, Dave. And but I'm looking at the name of it. Hidden fantasy is why do they call it perfume, which is basically smelly water, right? Why did he give it? It's water with fucking rosemary oil in it. Why did he call it? Always call it things like hidden fantasy, sexy fucking fantasy. You know what I mean? Like hidden. Oh, so mysterious, so erotic, so fucking tempting. Hidden fantasy. It's fucking water. It's, it smells nice. And anyway, isn't hidden fantasy something like? What a pedophile has. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Isn't that a hidden... A hidden fantasy is something that you don't want anyone to find out about you. If your family knew that they'd disown you. Isn't that what a hidden fantasy is? Why is Britney Spears making perfume for perverts? That's what I want to know. Britney Spears. Pervert fumes. For the pervert in your life. Hidden fat with a hidden fantasy. Britney Spears hidden fantasy. <laughs> for your dirty uncle. Um. Anyway, did you have a good Sunday, Easter Sunday? That's what I. That's what. That's what I want to try to say from the start of this podcast. Did you have a good Easter Sunday? Did you have a nice time with your family? Did you eat some eggs with your niece? Did you have a Sunday roast dinner? Was the roast dinner at Easter? Do you know, like, of course, we have Christmas dinner. <coughs> I know that much. But was is the roast? Like Easter Sunday special dinner, starter, main course, dessert, all that bullshit. Is that a new phenomenon or was I just a deprived child? Because I can't remember having like an, a, a special Sunday fucking Easter dinner. Is that a new thing? 
Or is it something that was been always going on, only that I was just fucking, it was kept from me. And I was just e- eating, you know, sausages. Is it, Because now it's everywhere. Oh, what are you having for Sunday roast? I'm like, what? What are you having for your Easter Sunday dinner? I'm like, I don't know. I'm having fucking chicken Kiev and a bag of potatoes like I have every Sunday. Chicken Kiev from Aldi. What are you having? Oh, oh, for uh, Easter Sunday dinner, we prepared... Um, nice uh, parrots and carsnips and thyme-infused mashed potatoes and mushy peas covered in processed pea reduction and a broken leg of lamb dipped in camel semen. You're like, when did that happen? You know, that it, maybe it's a posh thing that was posh back in the 90s and it just permeated down. Now everybody does it. Or maybe, I, like I said, I could be just dep- deprived. Like, I didn't even have the Sky Channels growing up. You know what I mean? I didn't have the Sky Channels. All my friends would be watching uh, The Simpsons. And this is before The Simpsons was on RTE. I used to have to imagine The Simpsons. I used to have to sit, sit there and close my eyes and imagine them. Actually, do you know what I used to have to do to watch The Simpsons? I'd have to go to the pub. That was the only place I, I saw. That's where I first used to see The Simpsons. People used to go to the pub on a Sunday night with their children to watch The Simpsons. And that's mad now, isn't it, to think of that? But posh kids who had Sunday Easter Sunday dinner, they got to watch The Simpsons whenever they wanted, man. And I used to be jealous of them, and I still am. You know who I'm jealous of? Rich, beautiful people. And I'm surrounded by these bastards here up in Dublin. Surrounded by them. And it's making me feel sick. Walking around in April in shorts and fucking uh, shoes with no socks on. And I told you before, that makes me feel sick. Shoes with no socks. Who are you trying to fucking pull the wool over my eyes? Pull the socks up over your ankles, will you? Pull your wool. Stop trying to pull wool over my eyes. Pull your socks up. You silly cunt. (laughs) That's that's what I get angry when I see beautiful people. Because there's so many up here. And I'm not saying that Dublin is particularly a beautiful, uh, you know, and I'm talking about women as well as men. Like, they're gorgeous. Gorgeous. And it's too much. Get me back to the ugly countryside. Because it's just because there's a huge amount of people up here compared to, let's say, fucking Donegal. So you have more chance of seeing absolutely gorgeous people. And the chances are, because of the way it works, those gorgeous people are going to be rich. Because it goes back generations. Rich men and beautiful women. And then it goes on to the next. And they have a beautiful daughter. She marries a rich man. And so the richer people end up being better looking. And they can fucking get fake teeth and big lips and stupid eyelashes. And, you know, the men can be afford to play tennis. And, you know, they all have tans. And then you you just makes me feel sick. And then you're sitting down in a restaurant or you're sitting in a coffee shop and there's beautiful people all around you and you can hear them at the table next door. And do you know what they're talking about? Portfolios. Port-fucking-folios. Oh, hey, Timothy. Uh, how's your portfolio doing? The last time I heard a portfolio... I've never had a portfolio. The only time I ever had a portfolio was in fucking uh, school in Turger for, what's it called? Technical graphics. And the only time I ever heard the term portfolio used was when the teacher went, Shane, 
If you don't have your fucking portfolio done, you're going to fail your leaving cert or your junior cert. All right. So that's to me, that's what a portfolio is. Technical graphics with my T-square. Remember that? Cycling around with a T-square on your back and using it, pretending it's to get to air. Do they use T-squares anymore? It's all on the computer now. I fucking sound like an old bollocks. It is all on the computer now. They probably don't even have T-squares anymore. It's all on the computer now. I'm only 30 fucking six, man. Why do I sound like I'm on death's door or something? But all I'm saying is I hate beautiful people. If you're beautiful and you see me walking down the street, just fucking cross the street, will ya? Will you? Cr- <laughs> if you're beautiful and you're listening to this, first of all, I don't want, I, I'm sorry for offending you, but I don't want you, I don't want any beautiful people listening to this, right? I don't want any gorgeous people listening to this. If you look in the mirror and you don't grimace, I don't want you fucking listening to this. Do you ever look in the mirror sometimes and then you're like, oh, what? That's a, no way. That's not me. Did you ever see that? A haunted look in your eye. And you know, you're like, Jesus Christ, did I age four years in the last week? How did I get, I, you know, oh Jesus, I look like Robert De Niro in The Irishman before he got the fucking, the aging stuff on his face that looked kind of stupid when you think back. Even though I love The Irishman, it does look fucking stupid, doesn't it? You know, I love Robert De Niro, but that bit when he's kicking the guy. <laughs> And he's got like a young head on him and he's moving with the body, the body of a 90 year old. Although I've treated my body so bad with fucking sweets. And uh, have you seen these Jaffa Joe nuts? Fucking hell, are they trying to kill me? Every time I'm trying to be good, they bring out a Jaffa cake donut. Fucking hell, man. I feel like Christ. In the desert. I know it's a very Easter-oriented episode. Joan the Satan was coming up to him going, you can have all of this if you just, you know, denounce God or whatever. And he goes, no, I will not have all the women in the world. I feel like that. I'm tempted every day. Except like Jesus was like, no. I'm like, yeah, give me it. Yeah, give me that shit. (laughs) If I was Jesus and I was in the desert, Satan wouldn't even have to go, here, do you want uh, all the beautiful women and all the money and all the king of the world? Do you want all that? I'll give you that if you denounce God. He'd just go, hey, do you want a fucking bag of chipsticks? Yeah. Will you denounce God if I give if I give you a bag of chipsticks and a wember? Yes. A 100%. Although throw in a, a twister ice cream as well, will you? Or an, and an ice burger. A tangle twister. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know... So I'm feeling old, can't handle eight pints, I'm angry at young people. I'm, va- I'm basically turned into an old cunt, an old man. And I'm looking in the, you know what I saw as well recently? I was doing, I, I saw a video of myself, myself. Jesus, who do I think I am? Fucking Brendan Behan. I saw a video of myself. I've only been living in Dublin for three years. I'm already saying myself. I'll be talking about the fucking rare old days and the liberties next. Myself. I saw a video of myself doing stand-up and I noticed that I had a a patch on my head. A bald patch. A patch that was once full of hair. Now the hair nowhere to be seen. <laughs> and when you see that, man, it's fucking scary because... I don't know, there's this thing called self-image. And when you are walking around in your day-to-day life, 
you sort of imagine yourself as being, if you have a good, healthy self-image, you sort of imagine yourself as being a, like an Adonis figure, a James Bond type, a good-looking, perfectly tanned, taut skin, high cheekbones, beautiful full head of hair, a sonorous voice, you know, trimmed way, trim around the waist. Then you see yourself in a video and you're like, Jesus Christ, you're 27 pounds heavier than you thought you were. You've got more, you know, you've got jowls that you've never seen before. You've got gravy stains on your T-shirt. You haven't eaten gravy in six weeks. And you've got a bald patch. Seeing yourself bald when you didn't know you were balding, seeing yourself balding is like if you saw a picture of yourself with your Mickey hanging out. You know, you're like, oh my God, that's look what? That's the same amount of shock. Look at that. My cock is out. And not only that, when you look closer, your cock is two inches smaller than you thought it was. But I, I think the only thing to do is to just accept it. That's what you are. You're going bald. There's no point fighting it. You know, like I'm going bald. I'd say 10 years, I'll be fucking chrome dome. I'll be like a, a bowling ball. And you just have to accept it because... You can go two ways. Accept it and start looking old as fuck. Like you're one foot in the grave. Like Victor Meldrew and one foot in the grave. You know what I found out about that fucker? He was only like 52 or something when one foot in the grave started. And he's supposed to be like an old codger. He's only fucking 12 years older than me. <laughs> it's mental. Maybe he was 59 or something. But still, he was in his 50s. And he's supposed to be like an old pensioner, a grumpy bastard. What did he say? I don't believe it. <laughs> um, but we, you can either go that route and just become decrepit and fall apart in the natural way. Or you can, if you have money and enough narcissism, you can try and fucking fix it. But you know, we all know that when you try and fix it, you look like a weird fucking freak. Like your face doesn't look like a human face. Your hair doesn't look like human hair. So you have a choice between looking old or looking weird. And I'd, I'd just pick looking old. Fuck it. You just have to embrace it. You know? Like those fellas who used to go around with t-shirts there about 20 years ago that said, it's not a ball patch, it's a solar panel for a sex machine. Remember them t-shirts? Like your uncle probably had one. It's not a solar panel. Or I mean, it's not a ball patch, it's a solar panel for a sex machine. <laughs> the idea behind the joke is that the... Their ball patch isn't unattractive. It's actually when the sun goes into the top of their head, powers up some sort of sexual machine in their body. But then you look at the fellas that wore those t-shirts and they were about as far as a fucking sex machine as, you know, Andromeda is from the Milky Way. By that, I mean far. They were usually fellas who, <laughs> you know, you'd think... Once their sex machine was up and running, it probably didn't last that long. And they had to be fucking, they rolled over afterwards and maybe had a heart attack. But they were fun t-shirts, that's all I'm saying. I might get one myself for my bald head. It's not a solar panel, what is that? It's not a bald patch, it's a solar panel for a sex machine. I hope the cunt that came up with that got fucking loaded. Because you you know these people that make up t-shirt slogans? You have to wonder, do they actually get money for him? Like the guy who came up and wrote down that, he was sitting there one night, he had this idea, it's, not, it's actually kind of like a solar panel for a sex machine. <laughs> I'll put that in a t-shirt. Did he actually get any money for that? 
Um, but anyway, that's the story of my life this week. I'm, I know I'm, I'm fucking. I feel I'm, I'm ranting like a an old bollocks this week because I, I'm a little under the weather, I guess. And uh, you know, I'm going fucking bald. I'm, you know, surrounded by beautiful people, <laughs> and I've got a chest infection. That's my own fault, and I can't even handle eight pints anymore. I mean, the day of reckoning has come. Oh, and it's 4.20. I forgot about that. It's 4.20 today recording this. Dude, it's 4.20, dude. And there's a smell of weed all over the place. Now, I can't smoke weed anymore. That's another thing I can't do anymore. It's a young man's game. Can't do it <coughs> anymore. Um, Especially now, man. Because the weed you smoke now, it's all like star dog fucking, you know ball juice and all this stuff and it's you, you sniff it and you're stoned for six days you sniff it and you think the fucking the feds are going to burst in your door you're so paranoid i get paranoid anyway after smoking weed i always say that weed fair enough fucking should be legalized everybody if they want to smoke it should be able to smoke it instead of having to buy it off some fucking 14 year old fella you know uh, behind the back of a disused factory or something you know uh, afraid you're going to get your head kicked in by some lord of the flies cunts but you should be able to go into a shop and buy it but uh, for me it turns me into a fucking nervous wreck like I used to be able to, I'm better now but when I was a teenager fucking hell I used to be sitting around with my friends like my best friends and I wouldn't even be able to I'd be like uh, have something funny to say and I, I'd be too afraid to say it and then I'd sit there having an eternal monologue with much like this podcast sounds like but in my own head going you're fucking shite man you're fucking shit just like that over and over again so I had to stop smoking it but I did have some good times on marijuana one time when I was coming home from school I found this one I was about 15 or 16 I found a block of hash on the, on the ground, just like a miracle. Like that never happens where you find a block of hash. And it was a small block, like a, uh, an eight probably, right? And I couldn't believe my luck. It was like finding a million euro. It was like finding that, it was like Indiana Jones finding the Ark of the Covenant or something. I couldn't believe it. I was dancing around the place. Wow, I found a block of hash. 15 years old. And me and my friend smoked it all in one joint. <laughs> In one joint. I mean, it was ridiculous. We threw it all in. I'm talking, maybe not an eight, but getting there. And we smoked it. I remember going, no, I got nothing off that. It must have been gack, was what we used to call it. And then, about 10 minutes after that, of course, it fucking hit me. And my brain was a mess. And I had to go downstairs and talk to my mother. My mother was like, Shane, don't forget your keys. That's all she said. Don't forget your keys because I'll be going out so you can get back in. And I swear to God, man, I laughed so fucking hard right into my mother's face. All she said was, don't forget your keys. It sounded to me at the time like the funniest fucking thing I ever heard in my life. Don't forget your keys. Fucking tears coming. (laughs) I was on my knees in front of my mother. Joe, that's silent laughing. You know that heavy laughing? <laughs> Tears streaming down my face like a wino's piss just pouring down. And my mother was like, are you all right? <laughs> Couldn't even talk. Couldn't even talk. 
And then I started getting paranoid because my mother was looking at me like, what the fuck is going on here? Shane's after going insane. So then I started going around looking for my keys, still tears coming down my face. My mother going, are you all right? Me not able to talk. And then out of nowhere, I realized my keys are in my pocket and I'd been walking around for about eight minutes looking for my keys and they were in my pocket and I turned and for some reason, sometimes when you, when you're stoned, for me anyway, you've, you, your volume meter goes all over the place. You don't realize how loud you're being or how quiet you're being. It does something to my head like that. So I found my key in my pocket and I turned around to my mother's face, face full of worry, the worry of a mother. And I went to her right into her face. They're in my fucking pocket, mom. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? I mean, I screamed it. They're in my fucking pocket, mom. And then I had to leave. And I remember going, oh, fuck, that was weird. My mother's going to know I was on drugs and walked to my friend's house. And I remember thinking everyone's looking at me, but I still could not stop laughing. And it got to the point, all right, where we were like six hours later and I was still stoned. And I remember going, I want this to stop. <laughs> I want this to end because I was still laughing at everything. And I hated it. Do you ever get in that kind of giddy form where you can say any word and you laugh? Like if someone says toothbrush and you just fucking laugh. Do you ever, do you know when you've been awake for about three days and your brain isn't working and you find everything funny? That's what it was like. My mother said, where or don't forget your keys. And I actually nearly pissed my pants. And I'm not even exaggerating there. I actually nearly pissed my urinated in my pants. In front of my mother. And she still talks about it now. I told her years later that it was I was smoking hash. But she still talks about it now. About how scared she was. Because <laughs> she thought I had just fucking gone insane. So I can't. Ha- and I do enjoy smoking weed. I like smoking it with my friends. After maybe a couple of beers. Or something like that. But I can't smoke it by myself. Because I start fucking freaking out. Um... You know, it doesn't suit me. And I'll say this. We used to smoke weed every day as teenagers. And by the way, I'm still fucking pro, pro, uh, anti-prohibition. Everyone should be able to smoke it if they want. But we used to smoke it every day as teenagers. Fucking before school, during lunch, after school. Uh, every day and all the ways up until I failed my leaving cert. <laughs> Like, we wouldn't do anything without smoke. We can go to the cinema. We'd have to have a joint first. Going to the fucking library. You know, everything. Stupid things. Like, 2002 World Cup. Ireland versus Cameroon. And it was in Japan and Korea. So, I think kickoff was like 7 in the morning or 8 in the morning. And around the back of the fucking Greyhound Bar smoking a huge joint before going in to watch the game and then not even watching the game just standing there in a huge crowd at 8 o'clock in the morning paranoid out of your head during Ireland versus Cameroon which we lost didn't we or did we draw uh, I can't even remember because I was fucking <laughs> just sitting there looking at the ground so we used to just smoke it everywhere and all the time and then I kind of stopped grew out of it a bit or got you know too paranoid it's like I have to stop smoking that but half of us stopped smoking it 
And then the other half kept smoking it. And for some reason, the half that kept smoking it every day and still do to this day, they ended up being mostly the anti-vaxxers that I know. <laughs> and the people who believe 9-11 was an inside job. Now, I don't know if that's just a coincidence or if it's something to do with smoking weed all day long. But that's just something I noticed. That more, the people in my friends group who still smoke weed every day, they're the people who believe wholeheartedly that Queen Elizabeth is an actual reptile. You know what I mean? Like they're not believing it ironically or saying it as a kind of a joke. They're the ones that, I remember I had one friend who said, I saw Vladimir Putin, this is 15 years ago. I saw Vladimir Putin on the TV and he blinked, man. I saw him, he had lizard eyes. All right, I'm not saying he's, Shane, I'm not saying he was a lizard. All right. I'm not saying he's a fucking lizard, Shane. All I'm saying is he had lizard eyes. All right. So take that or leave it. That's what my friend said to me one time. And he was fucking deadly serious. Hey, man, didn't you say that you talked Vladimir Putin was a lizard? Shane, no. Don't get me fucking wrong. I didn't say he was a lizard. I just said he has lizard eyes. That's a completely different thing. But if you do celebrate uh, Ramadan... Passover, Easter Sunday, or 420, or even all, imagine you celebrated all four of them, you would have had the best week of your life. I hope you had a good time. You know what I actually watched before I go, I just want to say this. I watched, <coughs> excuse me, fuck this cunt of a cough. I watched Batman, the new Batman film. Well, I didn't watch all of it, I watched about the first half an hour, and I had to, t- I had to turn it off. And I know when I talk about films, some of you get angry, you get upset. You say, Shane, how can you not like the Batman? It was embarrassing. Embarrassing. I was watching it cringing. I felt like I was stoned watching it. Because it's so self-serious. Everything is so fucking dark. And everything is so slow. And everything is so deep and meaningful. And then you look at it and it's a fella dressed as a giant bat. Walking around. <laughs> There's a scene at the start where he comes with the cops, with Commissioner Gordon. He goes to see uh, the mayor or the guy running for mayor or something has been killed. So he walks into the apartment where the guy's body is and all the cops are going, looking at the body. And he's walking in behind them. And it's like, all right, it looks all normal. A crime scene like you'd see on TV. Except for some reason, there's this fucking cunt dressed up as in a stupid back costume. And when you see it, like, in that realism, you kind of go, that looks fucking, that's stupid. Why are you dressing up as a Batman? You're a billionaire. First of all, wouldn't he take his billions and put it into youth outreach? Wouldn't that help more than dressing up as a bat, kicking the shit out of fellas, young fellas? You know what I mean? Give the money back to the community. Do fucking um, rehabilitation programs for prisoners, Bruce. That might help alleviate the crime. Instead of just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's give your fucking money to charity or something. Help the youth, help criminals, help, you know, give your money away. Don't fuck. I mean, the first thing you think of as a, a billionaire, the first thing you think of to get rid of crime is dressing up as a big, in a big fucking bat costume. I mean, are you mental, man? And then he fights a fucking, uh, like I said, I only saw the first half an hour. I might try and watch the rest of it. He fucking starts fighting, fellas. 
which is all right. I, I like seeing Batman fight. And then one of them goes, who, who are you? <laughs> like, you have to ask that question. He's fucking Batman. Who else do you think he is? It's a Kung Fu fella dressing up in a, in a costume. Of course, it's Batman. And he goes, I am vengeance. And you go, for fuck's sake, man. How long did it take you to come up with that line, Bruce? You can imagine him sitting there at night going, I, oh, if someone asks me who I am, what will I say? I am anger. No. I am uh, nervous, anxiousness. No, no. I am vengeance. And then everybody's probably going to think his name is Vengeance. Here, that's, and he has to go around going, no, no, I'm not Vengeance. I'm Batman. <laughs> I just said I was Vengeance. That's a metaphor. <coughs> like the Batman that I loved as a youth was, of course, in 66 Batman. Batman and Robin running around in tights. Okay? And you can see Batman's belly. That's what I liked. And when I, like, they did, it was a kind of a piss take looking at it now. It was all camp and uh, pop art and all that stuff. But when I was a child, it was, I fucking thought it was as serious as a heart attack. But it was all just about Batman fucking catching the, the Joker. And like, the Joker and the baddies, they weren't like, in, now in the movies, they all have to be like anti-capitalists and all about anarchy and there has to be a message. Back then, oh, every fucking episode was Batman and Robin uh, would get a call because the Joker is trying to rob an art gallery or he's trying to rob a bank alright something stupid like that and he's gonna he, for some reason the Joker gets out of jail every two weeks <laughs> Batman use your instead of dressing up as a bat use your fucking money to spend on a better jail security so the Joker doesn't get out after a week so the Joker would get out he'd try and rob a bank and Batman would catch him. But first, every week, Batman would get into a bit of bother. And he'd be trapped in a some crazy fucking beam that's coming towards his head that's going to kill him. And is Batman and Robin going to get out of this? Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And then he'd get out and then he'd, beat the, he'd catch the Joker and he'd give uh, Ted Robin about road safety and always wear, he'd give him a lecture about wearing seatbelts. And then he'd catch him, put him in jail, and it would start again. But you never heard him giving out about his fucking parents' death. You know what I mean? He wasn't brooding or anything. He just had a fucking job to do. You never heard him going, there was no messing. If somebody said, hey, who are you? He said, I'm Batman. He wouldn't go, I'm vengeance. Listening to Nirvana. Make it fun again, you know? Bring back the Batman who's out of shape doing the Watusi dance and using fucking... Bat rip, shark repellent bat spray. But anyway, listen, that's the end of the, that's the end of the show. By the way, I got, I, I'm at 185 patrons. If I hit 200, I will eat 24, 24 penguins. When I hit 200, 24 penguin bars on a live stream. And that's my guarantee. After I've recovered from my self castration and my self mutilation. All right. Um, so tell your tell your friends if they want to see a man eat twenty four kick uh, penguin bears. Is that what I said? Penguin bears on a live stream to sign up to the Patreon. Patreon.com dot slash Shane's Brendan Podcast. Do an extra podcast every week. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, I'm doing a show in the Sugar Club tomorrow night with Dream Gun and a load of other people. So come down. That'll be fun if you're around. And uh, until then, all I'll say is fucking. First, by the, sorry that I'm in sort of um, 
bad form this week, but I do feel like fucking shite. So be fucking aware of the scarvine. That's all I'm saying. All right. Go out with a hat and a jacket on. Listen to your nans. Listen to your moms. Listen to your boyfriends, your boyfriend's mothers. Listen to them all. Okay, they they know what they're talking about. Jody's old wives' tales. Put a fucking onion on your sock. People do that if they got a cough. Have you heard of this? Sorry, now I'm getting into this whole other thing before I go. My fucking mother. She buy she buying onions. I was like, man, what are you doing buying onions? Today isn't. We're not having onions today. Today isn't onion day on the fucking the dinner menu. She goes, oh, I'm taping them to my feet. What? What, mom? What the fuck is going on? Are you stoned? Is this revenge? And she was like, no, that's that's what you do. You tape onions to the bottom of your feet. Helps with your cold. I'm like, that's come on. Where did you? Are you watching Dr. Phil again? And then I Google online just to check. And it's an actual thing that people fucking do. They put onions on the bottom of their feet. Let me Google this again. Am I, or did I just lose my mind one day? All right. Onions on feet for cough. See, it's a fucking thing. Onion in a sock. I'm going to do that tonight, man. Putting onions in your socks might sound odd, but some people swear that it's a remedy for infections such as the cold or flu. If you come down with a cold or flu, all you have to do is slice an onion, place them at the bottom of your feet, put on a pair of socks, leave the socks on overnight as you sleep, in the morning you wake up cured of your illness. Now fuck off. This is, this, this sounds like some National Onion Association propaganda. Alright. <laughs> How in God's name? Alright. And I fucking love old wives' tales. Drinking garlic keeps away vampires, all that shit. <coughs> How the fuck does putting onions on your feet and going to sleep cure your cough? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever, even on a practical level. Your feet have nothing to do with your fucking lungs. But I'll try it tonight. Alright. And I'll let you know how I get on. Anyway, that's the end of that. I'll talk to you next week. Next week I'll be in better form. I'll be singing. All fucking dancing. I'll be doing handstands. I'll be whistling and everything to try and uh, keep your mood up. This week though, misery was the name of the game. And you know, sometimes it's alright to be miserable. That's what I always tell people too. It's alright to be a miserable bastard sometimes. Try not to be miserable all the time. Alright? But anyway, till next week. Uh, Come into the Sugar Club tomorrow night. God bless you all. Have a happy Easter. Praise Jesus. Cheers, nice one, thanks, and hobnob. <laughs>